Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. Welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999. I'm your host, Phil Iskove. And with me today is Sarah Petrie, uh, founder of Forever Young Adult and Meredith Borders, the managing editor at Fangoria and a contributor to, obviously, uh, Forever Young Adult as well. And they are here to talk about episode 208, Family Affairs, a very dramatic episode, which I forgot <laughs> so much shit happened in this episode. Um, but before we get to that, uh, I want to find out how Felicity came into your life and what you guys were up to in 99. I'll start with you, Sarah. So I started watching Felicity uh, when it first aired um, when I was in college. Um, so we were watching um, Dawson's Creek because that started that started the year yep. before. Started Felicity. the year before yeah. that started. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember watching Dawson's Creek in our college apartment and there was an ad for Felicity. And I was a huge, huge MMC fan. Like I fucking <laughs> okay. love the Mickey Mouse Club. Okay. Watched it all the time. Carrie Russell was my favorite, like on the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, I thought her okay. hair was amazing. Truly. Uh, she was the best dancer. Uh, okay. She was a good actor on Mickey Mouse Club, which was rare. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I was like, holy shit, Carrie Russell has a show. Um, and it's about a girl in college, which I was a girl in college. So, sure. um, I was like, and my, I, my roommates, I was like, we're watching this, like no question. And they were like, <laughs> okay. 
Um, uh-huh. So yeah, I we tuned in like the very first episode, and um, I you know I didn't know who J.J. Abrams was. Like I really just knew no one did really at that. Yeah, point. <laughs> I just knew Carrie Russell, and um, I was just enchanted from the very first episode and watched it live every week for the entirety of the show um, with, you know, I was a sophomore in college when it aired and okay. when it premiered um, and then watched it with my college friends for as long as we were in school. And then when I graduated, I still lived in the same city and so still had a lot of the same friends. And so we watched it at my place like until it ended. So that's, that was my, that was you my romance. I, I, I'm pretty sure I watched every episode like on TV. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I got a little bit, I tapped out a little bit here and there. I'm not sure that I, I mean, I've seen Season every episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but Meredith, how did, how did, uh, how did Felicity come into your life? And where uh, were you in 99? Uh, I was in high school. I graduated high school in 99 and I didn't watch a lot of TV then. We didn't have, my parents didn't have cable and we had very strict television rules. So a lot of pop culture came into my life after the fact and a lot of it came into my life when I met Sarah. Um, I met Sarah in 2005 and she introduced me to Buffy and to Felicity. I, I know. And to, I think a couple of other shows, but definitely at least those two. And I immediately fell in love with it and uh, watched it. You know, I I borrowed all of Sarah's DVDs and and watched it start to finish (laughs) like over a couple of weeks. And then we revisited it uh, last year, a couple of years ago for Sarah's blog episode by episode, which was really fun to do together since I discovered it through Sarah. And that was in, that was uh, building up to the Felicity reunion at the ATX TV festival, which our friend Emily is the co-founder and co-director of the festival. And so the minute she was like, I think we're going to have a Felicity reunion. Me and Meredith were like, what? We're um, doing a rewatch. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing a rewatch. So, yeah. <laughs> did you go to it? We did. did you uh, hell it? yeah, we did. It was amazing. I don't know if you saw any footage from it or even just pictures. I did. I watched the whole thing on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it was everybody. I mean, everybody, uh, which was really, really special. And then I was doing social media for the festival at the time. So I got to be in the green room while they were like doing all their pictures. And the cast really seems to love each other, which is, you know, really special. And uh, as (laughs) Sarah and I care too much about, Felicity and Ben seem to love each other. Yes, (laughs) they do. We're going to talk about that. (laughs) Um, because I have, I have thoughts, but I do think that, um, to your point, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to get a handful of cast members to come onto the podcast. And I mean, they all speak of it so highly. They, they speak of just the whole, um, familial component of the show and, 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 um, you know, it was the first show for a lot of people. I mean, it certainly put Carrie Russell on the map, put JJ Abrams on the map, um, so it, it, everyone looks back on it very, very fondly, which is, which is really lovely. I mean, that, that, that panel, which I did watch and I will post on our, um, on our Twitter feed, uh, was really interesting to watch. You know what I mean? Uh, there, there's certainly some, everyone's personalities very much showed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and sort of the, the, the way they take the piss out of each other and just all that kind of stuff was, was really fun to watch. It was, um, it was fun seeing that Greg is as much of sort of the class clown as Sean and, you know, yeah. everyone, <laughs> just, yes, I really enjoyed I can that. attest to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, our, he, he was, he was lovely to interview. Uh, I think I got two questions in, 
Um, totally. I could yeah, see I that. Mean, yeah. It, it was, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. He um, a little bit monopolized the panel in a way that I also found fun because he's, you know, hilarious. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, yes, it was, it was a great panel to watch. I went to ATX, uh, a couple years previous, uh, for the West Wing panel that they oh, did yeah. uh, a couple years earlier, um, which I went to, which was amazing. I mean, the whole festival was really a blast to do. I'd never been to Austin before. It was amazing. Yeah, um, it's great. It was the most humid I've ever been in my life, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. I know the um, timing of it is not ideal, <laughs> but I did go to Franklin, so all is well. Excellent. Yeah, that's so the whole experience then. Yeah. yeah, that's all you need. Um, but uh, to get back to Felicity, I, I think that it is um, it's a special show for for I think a myriad of reasons. Um, but why do you think? I mean, I guess this this is from a little more directed towards you, Sarah. But what do you think about it? Really, kind of planted such you know such a flag with you and so deep i mean you stuck with the show for its entire run when i think it's safe to say that unfortunately some people might have dropped off at certain points uh, along the way yeah i mean i i i fully acknowledge that season three is garbage i mean it's wow it's not good um it's not good interesting, but interesting. It's, okay. it's not good but what what ha- what what the thing is? I think what's so powerful about the show is you're so invested in the characters and the relationships that like mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. Like I like I, you know, it's very similar to those friendships you make in college where you're like we're friends no matter what. Like even though we met as freshmen and now you're gonna you know you're super into marching band and I'm super into theater. Like you know I thought you know it's like that feeling where you just you're desperate to make friends. You meet this person, you connect. It doesn't really matter where you end up. Like that's how I feel about the characters in Felicity. Like they were so well-developed. And so their arcs were so great, even if the storylines didn't quite work, especially in season three, like, I, I didn't care. I was like, I still want to. How do you feel about season three, Sarah? Because I'm not sure that I, I'm not, I, I haven't really leaned it yet. On our rewatch, me and Meredith were very I, clear. I think that's, that's when it happened too. Because when I, I, you know, I think Sarah said that upon rewatch is when she discovered that season three was really harsh for her. And the first time I watched it, I didn't really notice. Because you're sort of flying through. But when you're, it's, you know, on every week you're writing about it and you're examining mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think, because Sarah's right, the, the relationships and the characters are still terrific in season three. It's just the plots get really melodramatic. There's like drugs and guns and all the stuff that didn't really feel like it belonged to this universe, you know? No, I, I I hear that a hundred percent. I'm, I, my plan is to keep watching it once, you know, we we wrap this, this miniseries, which is in a couple weeks actually. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're just, we're just doing the 99 99 because I can't not do the twilight, the twilight zone episode. Yes. I have to do the Twilight Zone episode because <laughs> it's so box. close to being in 99 and <laughs> yeah. it's the best. So it's I amazing. Yeah. Megan's it's box best. is incredible. Um, but I, but I do think that it's, it's the best. It's the best. I, <laughs> I, I think that, um, I'm, I'm excited to watch three and four for what it's worth. I'm sure that it'll be more fun to watch it, not doing the sort of deep dive examinations that totally. I've been doing in each individual episode. Um, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts on something which has sort of become, kind of apparent to me. Um, I think that it's possible that this 99 chunk of the show might be the best run of the show. 
Like, I think the pilot is a masterpiece, and I love the pilot, and we talked a little bit about that in the first episode. Um, but it takes a little while for it to get its sea legs. It's got some stuff in there in the beginning that is a little bumpy. Um, as much as I appreciate the uh, the date rape stuff, which was a pretty big deal back in 99 and should be explored. And um, I do love how, you know, um, issues that are, that are important to women are at the forefront of this show because of the fact that it has a female protagonist. And I think that that's really important. Um, But I would, I would argue that this chunk is when the show is really cooking and then some people might argue that it goes off a cliff after she cuts her hair. <laughs> um, which is wrong. They are I, wrong. I, I, think that, I agree with you. I think that that's actually, and this is the question that I want to posit to you guys, which is, you know, and I've talked about this in, in previous episodes, specifically in the episode with Karina McKenzie, where we talk specifically about the haircut heard around the world. But <laughs> I, I want to sort of talk about the fact that the the grenades that they threw into the show at that point, at the top of season two, where Felicity, for all intents and purposes, is dealing with a pretty existential crisis. She mm-hmm. decides to cut her hair, decides to break up with Ben, decides to change uh, her major. Um, she goes through a real kind of upheaval, and the show goes through an upheaval. And I think that, if we're being honest, young audiences can sometimes be fickle, and it was too much for them. And I think that's why they saw sort of this nosedive in the ratings and then the ratings come back up when she moves in with Ben and there are guns and there are drugs (laughs) and all that sort of thing. Um, And the show kind of finds its life again and, or at least a ratings surge. Um, What are your thoughts on the top of season two, you know, coming off of that tremendous cliffhanger, one of my favorite cliffhangers perhaps Mm -hmm. in, in the history of television um, and the big swings that they took up top. How did you guys feel about that as you were sort of rewatching it and, what have you season two is the best season it's the best season i really really love it and okay i again didn't watch it live i although i didn't watch it live and had again this sort of limited pop culture experience you're so right that that haircut was heard around the world because i knew about it like i didn't really know much about (laughs) carrie russell i didn't watch mickey mouse club but i i just heard i'm like oh that lady from Felicity cut her hair. I guess that's a big deal. <laughs> it was like that's such how, a meme before there were memes. It is. Yeah, it, it, it went viral. Is. Yeah, which, I mean, the fact that my like little cloistered existence it even like pierced yeah. that is kind of amazing. But um, I agree with you that it's, you know, it's a huge swing. And I think that that's really special because that's what college should be about. You're taking enormous totally. risks. You're finding yourself. You go in thinking that you're mm-hmm. this person, that you're, parents told you that you are basically because you spent your entire life until then just sort of listening to them about what you're supposed to be. And then after you're there for a little while and find your legs, then you realize you don't have to be that person anymore. And that's when you make mistakes and, you know, huge decisions. And I totally got a very dramatic haircut in college. You know, I think Sarah did too. I've seen pictures, you know. Yes. <laughs> um, so I think yeah. it works. I, uh, and I know, yeah, I want Sarah to talk about season two because she's very passionate about it. <laughs> Clearly. Um, yeah, I I think that season two is the perfect... I, I, what I love about Felicity, of many things, is that obviously first season is freshman year and it's like, you know, and you get to your sophomore year and it's like, instead of the sophomore slump, it's like, I'm reinventing myself. I'm like... I'm changing majors. Like it, there's so much of it that echoes real life. Um, that's like, who am I? What am I doing? And I think that 
I think Felicity dared in season two to break from this sort of Dawson's Creek formula and was just like, let's, what, let's get funny. Like, let's get weird. Like, let's just, I don't know. And I think that's the same in college. They were experimenting, which is what you do in college. Um, and I, I think like, in spite of the fact that I hate both of Felicity's boyfriends before she gets back with Ben in season two, like <laughs> yeah. that's like, again, what college is about and like showing those mistakes that you make, but they're not, I mean, but you don't regret them because you're like, Felicity's like, if Felicity hadn't dated David and oh my God, what's his name? I fucking hate that guy. What the is guy from the med center. Yeah. With the big, big curly hair. The, yeah. Um, and what's with both the guys having the same haircut as Felicity? I know, that was so that weird. Yes, we totally talked about that in a rewatch, that she dates we, two guys with we, her hair. I don't understand, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. But it, was also, but it was kind of like when Gwyneth Paltrow and Brad Pitt dated, and it was like, well, that's true. Shirt, it happens. Shirt, yeah. There's something there. Um, I so just, here's I, what... Yeah, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, I was going to say, and I'm trying to think about the best way to articulate this, but do you love season two because season two is about basically Ben figuring out how to be worthy of Felicity. Yes. So by the end <laughs> of the season, you now have a guy who's like, I know I fucked up and it took me 22 episodes to get there, but here's why. Uh, <laughs> okay. That a seems to be theory. Like, I think- no, it's a time <laughs> machine. And then we're all like, oh, my God. I think Aretha Theory is one of the greatest episodes of any show of Agreed. all time, and certainly Felicity's best episode. And it's the same writer who did Family Affairs that were um, Andrea Newman um, yeah. that we're about to discuss. Um, and she also did the original Thanksgiving episode. So she wrote and like uh, Assassins. Mm-hmm. Like she wrote a bunch of my oh, favorites. Assassins is so good. Assassins is so great. Yeah, but yeah, I think Aretha Theory because it's this perfect. It, you know, it, it's plotted in this perfect way where it's like really, really fun right before the mm-hmm. romance. But it's also Felicity finding her utter independence and realizing she absolutely doesn't need Ben right at the moment that he is finally worthy of her. And then you think it's going to be one of those, you know, sort of machinations that keep them apart. And instead, it's this like really, really beautiful reunion between the two. And I love it so much. I love seeing the girls go out and get drunk and have fun. And then it has this big, beautiful ending. Oh, I love it so much. Well, it's, so and it's can also I ask like, a Ben question for you guys? Yeah, because sure. it, it, I mean, you guys are, are firmly Team Ben, which is totally <laughs> fair. I also um, love Noel. I really do. I, I, no, I, I waffle I just, a little bit more. He's than just not right for Felicity. That's all. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question, and forgive me if this sounds mean. <laughs> All right. Do you believe that Felicity and Ben ended up together, like got married, and that they were their forever people? No, no. Okay, then we're I, fine. Yeah, I'm Team Ben as the college boyfriend that we all want. Okay, great. But not as the- long as we're all on that, because <laughs> yeah, there's a totally. part of me that's just like. We must be deluding ourselves to think that these two are in it for the long haul. Totally. I think okay, what's okay. what's magical about their relationship is that it's that like, you know, sort of fleeting, hot, you know, just wish of a, you know, of a romance that we all should be so lucky to have at one point in our lives. But it, yeah, we probably don't marry that guy. <laughs> you know? Okay. We okay. we probably marry the Noel, to be honest, who I do I do laugh. Like there are times yeah throughout the series that I'm actually firmly team Noel. Um, but you know, I just, it's not as often as I'm team Ben. <laughs> Sarah, well, do you have I, thoughts? Yeah. And I think I agree. Like, I, I don't think in, in my mind, I don't think Felicity and Ben should 
end up being married and spending happily ever after together. I think that like Ben like and Felicity challenge each other in the, in the setting of college, which I think is what they needed. And I, I imagine them, you know, maybe dating a few years later and then, you know, and I think it, I, I, in my mind, they like, you know, look back and they're like, I'm so thankful that like, you know, Ben or Felicity like showed me, you know, these different sides of myself, but like, and I think, again, I think that's the point of the show. Like it's to capture that, like, it's really just to capture that liminal college time when like anything is possible. No one knows who they are. Like, and I, I think Noel was the safe option for Felicity. And if they had, you know, ended up having a serious relationship throughout college, like would have been fine, but they wouldn't have grown like at all. Um, I think I I wish that our, that our listeners could see you guys clutching your heart (laughs) as you talk about Ben. We do that a lot. (laughs) It's really, it's really great. I mean, I I think that, and I, I absolutely get it. I mean, listen, he's Canadian. I'm Canadian. I get it. Um, (laughs) So I'm not not by any such, by, by. Well, Um, I also not. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Meredith. I was just going to say not to speak for Sarah, but she's told me before that also the fact that Carrie and Scott were in a relationship at the time was like, you know, that's very exciting. <laughs> so I, I myself love that. And especially sure. did when I was, you know, in college or, you know, a, t- a teenager and there'd be actors that were dating in real life. And I was like, Oh my God, it's real. Their romance is real. So it, can, it, it adds this uh, added investment, you know? Sure. It's a fine, it's a weird situation. I agree with you. Like, because like, for instance, um, uh, oh my God, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone yeah. in yeah. Uh, the first Spider-Man movie. It's not a particularly great movie, uh, but you can watch these two people fall in love. Like you right. are actually seeing it and that chemistry is palpable. Um, you can see the chemistry that uh, that Jennifer Garner and Scott Foley have. Uh-huh. Um, you can see the chemistry, obviously, that that, uh, that Carrie and, and Scott Spiven have. Um, so I agree with you, but it can also break the other way. Totally. And then when the relationship doesn't continue and then all of a sudden you've got situations where like you're not allowed to shoot shots of both of them in the same exactly frame. <laughs> so yeah. like, yeah, but this is not a good messy. wife situation sir this is not a yeah. good wife situation like you don't want that i you mean don't. that you didn't happen that didn't happen like it's true it's true it's true we got lucky I mean, on this one <laughs> we did and like at the reunion they were buds you know, super buds and like i mean yeah the like shipper in me was like maybe they'll get back together but like (laughs) even though Uh, she's there with matthew for the american i'm like matthew like who cares um but but you know they they were you know clearly fine like and i and i think that that speaks to like their goodness as people but also just like i don't know i it it didn't yeah it made it more exciting for me and this was back when, like in 1999, like you didn't, I think I saw in like People Magazine that they were dating and I like lost my <laughs> shit. But it wasn't like, on, it wasn't like right, you could just right. type online, like who is yeah. Carrie Russell dating, which you can type now. But like, yes. I didn't know. And I was like, oh my God, better <laughs> I can just picture you weeping when you I know. <laughs> I think I did. I think I did. I was so invested. I think anyway. it's, and, and I, I think that to sort of, um, to tap into what you were, uh, Meredith, what you were talking about earlier in terms of sort of Felicity's uh, sophomore year, her existential crisis, this sort of identity that she's been 
grappling with. That plays pretty, you know, uh, prominently in this episode, I would say. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm going to read the synopsis real quick for people who haven't seen it, but uh, David gets way too serious with Felicity just as her parents show up for Thanksgiving. Felicity's parents, Eve uh, Gordon and Eric Anderson, upset her holiday plans by surprising her with a Thanksgiving visit that results in a tense dinner at Elena and Knowles. Among the dinner guests are Felicity's new beau, David, and her mother, Professor, and his mother, Professor Sherman, played by Sally Kirkland. Uh, meanwhile, Ben agrees to work at a charity event that Maggie is catering for her husband. Ugh, Maggie. Family affairs. Oh, we're going to talk about Maggie. Yeah, uh, Family Affairs aired on November 21st, 1999. It was written by Andrea Newman and directed by Ken Olin. Um, it's interesting to watch this episode in the sense of how Felicity perceives herself, perceives what she thinks her parents perceive of her, how her parents actually perceive her. There's a lot of perception of herself going on um, in this episode, which then plays into how she thinks a relationship is supposed to be and whether or not she's supposed to have these feelings for this guy at this moment and whether or not she feels as intensely for him as he does for her at this sort of juncture. Uh, and then reevaluating to some degree her feelings for Noel, it seems, even though he's kind of a <laughs> drunken goofball. So it's kind of hard to say whether or not, like, I don't know what to make of that kiss. <laughs> I love drunk but, Noel. <laughs> yeah, it's a drunk Noel, well, except for angry drunk Noel when right, he tries no. to have sex with her in season uh, one. No, that's not, not great. Not great. Fun not drunk Noel. Noel. Yeah. Fun <laughs> drunk Noel's great. Beat, beat powder Noel's the best. Let's just be honest, though. Yes. Yeah, beat yes. powder yes. Noel, peak Noel is the best. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of stuff playing in this episode. And then on top of all of it, it's a, it, there's a lot of drama in this episode, which I had forgotten. I assumed that all the drama was going to be in next week's episode because that's the episode that we go away for, you know, a couple of weeks. It's a Christmas episode. I mean, it's like the Christmas break episode. Um, but this one is where like all the shit hits the fan. Um, in a lot of ways. Uh, you can kind of almost predict that based on the fact that it's a party episode and whenever everybody's in one room together, <laughs> generally speaking, something dramatic has to happen. Yep. Um, so that, that's great. Um, I want to talk for a second about Felicity's relationship with her parents, which is antagonistic coming into the series. They're sort of the, you know, the, the you know, they're the antagonist. They're against her. They're against the things that she wants. Um, so I appreciated that they didn't do that this time around, that her parents come back into the fold and she spins out because of all the things, all the sort of plates she has spinning at the time, rather than 
freaking out about her parents, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, it's more about a fear of whether or not she's making mistakes that she has to own rather than the ones that she thinks her parents perceive of as mistakes. Yeah, definitely. I think she keeps thinking that they are judging her and she is responding to this judgment before it happens. And it's actually not happening. Right. Uh, you know, there's a, a moment that I love where they're at Epstein bar and <laughs> just call it Epstein bar. Yeah. And her dad's like, Oh, so this is where you usually study and hang out. It's, it's sort of a bar. And she's like, it's more like a pub. <laughs> and then he's like, it's a pub bar. Yeah. It's such yeah. a like mild comment on his part. And she's just yeah. so bristly about yes. it right away. Yeah. Yes. And there's so many of those throughout the episode where they're really just observing, you know, they're just, yeah. They, they miss her. They feel like they don't know what's going on with her. And so they're just showing up trying to observe what's going on in her life. But every observation, she kind of takes as a judgment. Um, and I think you're I right that a lot more. of, I, yeah. I think you're right that a lot of that is, it, it's her own judgment on herself because she's feeling a little bit at a loss, but she just is seeing it through her parents' eyes. Totally. Well, and, and also they, they, they don't know how to deal with, I mean, they, you know, she was like, and I speak from, I was very similar to Felicity in high school, like, you know, very grade driven, very like, I was a super goody goody like and now all of a sudden they're like we don't know what to do with you like we your whole life we've dealt with you in this certain way and now we're just like you know and she's mad about it and it's they're just like I we don't know and I mean you know I don't think her parents are the best but I also (laughs) understand that they're just like flabbergasted by like their daughter you know yeah it's 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 really interesting because I, as, as they sat down at Epstein Bar, and you know, it occurs to me that they don't know that she's dropped pre med. They haven't seen her haircut, like they haven't seen these things. Right? I was expecting the scene to play very similarly to the scene in the pilot, right? right? Which is the right. father being and flipping out and being like, "What the fuck? What do you mean you're not doing this? Like, I'm not going to like just completely flipping out." And the and and the dialing that back and having that to your to your point, Meredith, that it's a father that's just like concerned, but also just doesn't want to press too hard out of fear of pushing her farther away. And I I, think- and th- that's really an interesting choice. I think it's also a really surprising choice for the the reason that you said, which is that it plays out so differently from the pilot. So we're all on kind of pins and needles expecting it to go the way it did when they visit her in the pilot. And I think Felicity is as well. Meanwhile, her parents are just, I think, really, I think I, I get the sense that Miss Porter had a talk before they got there that was like, we are not going to show up and judge everything. We're going to be nice and supportive and, and I feel like they really are trying. And that happens a lot throughout the rest of the series where, you know, watching it, you know, a little bit older the first time I saw it and then much older the second time I watched it. I like, I find myself sympathizing with the parents, which is true of all, I watch a lot of YA TV and I rewatch a lot of YA TV and I'm always like, oh, Sandy Cohen. Like I'm always sort of sympathizing with the elders, sure. you know, generation or more. The, or the Taylors on the, Friday Night Lights. Oh, the Lights. Taylors, yeah. exactly. Sure. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I find myself more invested in those storylines uh, the, the older I get. And like when her dad comes back and he like has a sort of gig at the mm-hmm. at the school and stuff, I end up feeling kind of bad for them. Like, yeah, I wouldn't actually want Felicity's dad as, as my dad. He's a lot. <laughs> but he's yeah. trying his best. You know, he's yeah. really trying. I also think we should just take a minute to acknowledge the – uh, genius of the casting, Felicity's mom's hair and Felicity's oh, yeah. hair. I mean, 
Felicity truly looks like the child of those two actors. Like it's, that, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. yeah. It's, I believable. think also there's something very interesting about the way they are at the Thanksgiving party. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sure you guys have had situations like this. I know I have where um, your parents, it's not that they want to seem cool. Right. It's that they just want to seem like chill. Like they yeah. don't want to seem as though, yeah. um, like they just kind of want it. Right. They, they want to seem reasonable. They want to seem like your friends can talk to them. Like yeah. they just want to feel, um, a part of this social mosaic that's been created. Um, just the way they talk about the punch at the end, um, <laughs> the way that, the mom kind of talks around Felicity and two people around her. Like, it's just, it's, it's, they, they really want people to feel well. They want to feel welcome and also other people to feel welcome in their company, um, which is, which is really sweet and goes a long way towards um, building that relationship to your point. When they recur deeper in series, it gives you more to play with, but um yeah, they're just, they're both really great. They add a really great dynamic. I mean, I will say that, and we'll get to how sort of unnecessarily heated things get at the party <laughs> for a brief second there, Ooh, where you're just like, so wait, stressful. are the parents going to like physically fight each other? <laughs> like what, what What exactly are we getting at here? But, I called it, in our rewatch, I called it a cornucopia of cringe because I was <laughs> like, it's oh, yeah. so stressful. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so stressful nice. and it's also, I mean, listen, I, I, I've worked on television shows. I've been in writer's rooms. Um, you want to create as much tension and as much sort of um, drama as you can, especially in broadcast. Less so in, in streaming and cable, but certainly in broadcast. Sure. Um, but the moment at the party where it just, like, everyone just, like, comes into that room <laughs> is just, like ridiculous i know like, it's it's like, just, if it's, i was it's sitting there silly. eating thanksgiving dinner and there was like some sort of chaos in the closet i'd be like that's fine i'm gonna sit here and finish my meal <laughs> like, well, i don't know what also, that like, is but... seems like it's their business yeah like, totally seems like i shouldn't be in there right seems now. like maybe i should i mean now when megan does it that makes sense but... sure when megan does it that's fun i mean <laughs> everything megan the... does is correct so it doesn't <laughs> everything amanda everything. foreman does is correct um, yeah. yes. um but it, it's it's one of those things where so let's just let's just paint to that place rather than jumping ahead. But basically, what we've got is a situation where Felicity's dating David, and Ugh. and David's <laughs> yeah, he's kind of not great. Um, I'm not a fan of David. He's a drip. Uh, they have, he's literally a drip. Yeah, he has no chemistry with her. I really hate the cutesy way that he talks to her in this episode. Oh, in I do too. It's super cloying. And the previous episode, he was like really pressuring her to have sex, yeah. and so Ugh. they don't. And then yeah. when they even get yeah. together, he's such a jerk. Like they, re- the yeah. show does not want us to like him. No, I mean the reality is that this guy and the guy who we can't even remember his name, <laughs> Greg, 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 Greg. Good job, good job, Greg. Um. Both of those guys are clearly pit stops towards what they ultimately want, which is at the end of the season for her to to right. get back together with Ben, mm-hmm. uh, which is all fine and good. Um, and we'll talk about how Maggie is her own pit stop right. in that whole crazy yeah. way. Too. <laughs> so, but I but I think that he's just he's just not great. But they're dating. She seems a little bit wishy washy on him. She's not really sure she's as into him as he is into her. Um, the parents all seem to get along. It all kind of crescendos in the fact that they're all at this dinner party at um, uh, Elena and Noel's. Um, 
that Megan has sort of found a way to get herself invited to. Well, I love earlier you said that, you know, her parents are trying to be like approachable and welcoming. And it's like to a clueless degree, like including like inviting Megan, which Felicity would not like. like. <laughs> of course, of course. Like they're like, oh, it's their roommates. They must be friends. And yeah, like exactly. Megan is so nice in our company. Like, why wouldn't she want her? <laughs> and Megan's just like uh, thrilled to make Felicity uncomfortable. <laughs> I'll also say this, though. This felt like the first time that there was a concerted effort to fold Megan into the ensemble. I think so too. Yeah, I this think was right. the This is the moment when I think they're like, we got to get her in the mix if we ever want her to actually become a series regular and not this planet that kind of just orbits Felicity. Um, she's toned down in this too. She like is. She's funny, but she's not like crazy, insane Megan. And she She's and, like, and Noel have their like funny moment on the couch where they're both yes, kind of like drunk yes. and, and, you know, yes. commenting on everything. And even at the very beginning of the episode, you see a moment of Megan trying to be an actual friend of Felicity where yep. she tries to rush into Warner because they're yep. posted on the door that Felicity and David are having sex in there. And she, she runs in to try mm-hmm. and warn her that mm-hmm. her parents are coming. And yep. then Felicity's so offended that Megan yep. interrupts that Megan's just like, fuck fine. you, here are yeah. your parents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you, you you sense that Amanda Foreman is softened slightly. Mm-hmm. Like she's not, she doesn't feel like the, the, the sharp tool that she is for most of the run up until this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering if that was a concerted effort, if that was a choice, if there was a sort of page that had been turned on her character that they had, lo- that they had kind of let her in on. I don't know. I can email her and find out. Maybe she can tell me, but it does feel like there's this moment here where she's led into the fold. Yeah. Um, she's still a shit disturber. She's still like stirring <laughs> the pot because that's fun and Megan is Megan. Um, but either way, all this boils to the point where <laughs> Noel gets drunk on punch and goes Ugh. into his room and Ooh. Felicity goes in there too. And then they get kind of nostalgic about the previous Thanksgiving when they were a couple. And then he legit leans in for the kiss. Like she just kind of, she goes along with it, obviously, but like it's his initiation. But that being said, they kiss. And of course, Professor Sherman catches them kissing. (laughs) I'm so upset just hearing it. Oh, I'm so upset. (laughs) It's, it's great. It's It's really, really good television. And like my heart rate is, is elevated. Just talking about it. I'm so nervous. it's, It's one of those things where it's like, you can't ask for a better act out. You can act for a better commercial break. Yes. So true. You, cu- you come back from the commercial break. They walk out of the bedroom. They sit down at the table and it is just awful. It's so awkward. It's brutal. When Professor Sherman's like, can I talk to you? And Felicity's like, nah. Like, no. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Uh, she literally says, nah. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, no. I, mean, is, I don't want any part of this. It is, I mean, Russell doesn't get a ton of chances to be comedic in the beginning right. of the show. They give her more and more throughout as they really, she's fantastic at it. But that is one of the most laugh out loud moments. <laughs> she's, I love her so much. So yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Carrie Russell needs to do more comedies. It's a bummer yeah. that, that she seems to be relegated to either. And listen, I mean, Elizabeth is a tremendous character and she's a badass on the yeah. Americans and I love her to death. Um, but it seems to be like that or like waitress. And it yeah. doesn't seem to be anything in between, which is a bummer. It's also possible that she's just like 
fine not yeah i mean she's a great career she's roles yeah she's probably very happy with it but i would love to see her do more comedy because she's so funny she's so funny it's it's you know it's interesting it kind of parallels a similar trajectory to anna torv on fringe yeah totally that in the beginning they felt like she only had one gear And then they start to realize that she can do all these tremendous impressions and she's really funny, that there's like this whole depth of talent there. And she gets to do a lot more stuff as the series progresses, especially when they bring in dimensions and and Folivia and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) So it's like, it's all great. Um, But yeah, it's interesting to see Carrie when she gets to nail a line of comedy. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a throwaway too. Like that's a throwaway reaction and it's, beautiful yeah that's sheer delivery like it's not like that line is funny on the paper it's just so funny that she does it's fantastic so then they go into the other room they of course don't close the door because why would you do that they don't close the door he then david overhears what transpired with noel and then it just becomes honestly it becomes noises off like Mm -hmm. then it just becomes like a radio play where everyone just like jams into this room what what happened now can i And Megan like, comes in to get her lactate. You know? <laughs> Megan does that, and then she stirs the pot, and then the dad's like, don't talk to my daughter that way. And you're just like, uh, okay, everyone needs so to good. chill the fuck out. Yeah, these are um, adults. Right, exactly. And then Felicity ushers everybody out of the room, and her and David have a, uh, a heart-to-heart and, and basically break up. It's a so good that's break kind up. of the, that's the overarching thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he sucks. It's he's And, and it's not the actor's fault, <laughs> no, really. No, it's totally he's not. Just badly no, written it's just and, how he's written. Yeah. yeah, no, no, of course. And Which I do think, as, as little as I like David up until that point, I think it's a good breakup. You can see there, yes. if nowhere else, that he's 24, that he's older than Felicity, because he takes it so much 25. better. 25. Uh, so much better than any of her other breakups go, actually, because he's the first guy who's mature enough to be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I sort of pressured you but i said i love you too soon you know yeah i i don't know i'm sort of first and foremost like the age thing kind of blew me away a little bit because this is the first time we hear that he's 25 and i was just like he's 25 she's 19 she's made it abundantly clear that she's had sex one other time (laughs) with one other person who she didn't know um and she's obviously a, a a bit of a wallflower and, and a little internalized and is dealing with a lot of stuff. Um, so for him to come on that strong, I think, is just weird and, and not reading the room particularly well. Totally. And so there's that. Um, since Felicity is such a professor pleaser, the fact that it comes from his mom as her professor and, and hook and like match makes them, I think is oh, this very oh, inappropriate. Oh. It gave her this level of pressure that she wouldn't have had otherwise to to be the perfect girlfriend because you know, she's just straight A student. She's teacher's pet. Like yeah. she wants to keep the teacher happy. And yeah. in this case, the teacher is her boyfriend's mom, you know, it's, it's super inappropriate. Yeah, it's and why professors really, it's so messed up. Cool. This is why professors should not match make their children with their students because obviously Felicity's yeah. like, well, yeah, I guess I have to go out with them. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, it's all sorts of fucked up. And then, Oh, and then at the dinner table, there's a whole thing that the dad brings up, like, her grades oh, and the teacher being like, yeah, he's, like you're gonna give getting, my daughter yeah, special it's treatment. Just, it's, it's awful. <laughs> it, all of it's awful, but great TV, but terrible. <laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I I think that the David stuff ultimately serves its purpose. Um, kind of a bummer. Uh, it's it's just kind of it, it's an opportunity for Felicity to look inward a little bit for her to discover who or what 
type of person she wants to be with. I had honestly conflated Greg and David into one person in my brain. Yeah. So when you guys were like two, I was like, oh, right. That other guy also exists in this season. <laughs> they are similar. They're, I mean, Fair I think same. that's the other problem with the two of them. The writers don't really distinguish much between the two of them. Like they have no. very similar qualities. Yeah, because they didn't. And, that, and that's like, I mean, I love season two, but that's a weakness. Like they didn't make either of them compelling, really. Like you were never, like it would have been way more interesting if you were rooting for one of them. Bring back Eli. Were, yeah, like I was, yeah. Yes, <laughs> Meredith, bring back Eli. I, mean, I like, feel like that's um, a more compelling like fourth, yes. you know, fourth point of this love rhombus. Like that is that's one that yeah. you're already slightly invested in. So it means but something did you, more. Did to you just see the acting of Eli? <laughs> like, did you watch right, that part of Eli? It is Simon Rex, which is you know not great. Thank you. But Thank it you. is a VJ. But they had chemistry. They had. They did have chemistry, and then I think the character. Is, yeah, and I think the character is interesting. Like he's he's someone who brings out the like side of Felicity that she wants to be an artist. Like you know, it inspires sure, her. The bohemian to, to, side of her. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I I think that there's yes to everything you're saying. I, I think that they ultimately don't, um, and by they I mean the writers don't do justice to her love interest in this season. It's a testament to Carrie Russell, however, that she is still able to make those storylines come to life. Yep. Yep. That that they still work. Yep. Um and again, not dogging the actors who play her love interests. It's just, you know, there's not a lot there. And it's fine. And it's it's what it is. But it is interesting to watch her arc through this season, which is also about sort of discovering who she wants to be with, why she wants to be with those people, what it says about herself um, and the dynamics that she's looking for, which is clearly someone who is honestly different than her. Like, I think that something that you could say about David and to a certain degree, Greg, who I have a vague recollection of, but I think this is right, um, is that she's dating kind of a version of herself, that she's mm -hmm. dating an intellectual, that she's dating a person yeah. who's, let's be honest, a little bit of a wet blanket sometimes, like is not always yeah. an exciting choice. She picked two guys that feel like safe bets and that's not great. And I think that's, you know, what Sarah said about Noel a little bit too. And again, I love Noel and I think he gets much more exciting. And obviously in, mm -hmm. I think, I guess it's season three when he like, you know, drops out of school and like marries the Russian lady or the Doritos girl, whatever. Oh, hey, what's God. his name in I season three? I completely forgot oh, about God. that. What is his alter ego? Hold on. I'm I don't remember. To... I do remember him chasing Tyra Banks for what feels like eternity. Yes. Well. Yes. And literally stalking her, actually. Like, I think using surveillance <laughs> tactics. I, I said I'm going to look it up. Yeah, please, please, please. I honestly, because I had Amy Smart on to talk about Ruby. Oh, I love Ruby. I, I, I have a conspiracy theory, and I don't know if there's any legitimacy to this, but... So she gets the role on Felicity, and then she gets the sh the the job in Road Trip, mm -hmm. and she apparently goes to the producers and says, "I have this movie role that I really want to do. Can I do it?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." And they let her do it, and in fact, they write that into Ruby's character, which is great. I'm convinced if Road Trip didn't happen, she would have stuck around. I think she's such a good addition to the show. She's like this perfect sort of element that fits in with the rest of the group and that she starts out as, as one of Felicity's residents. So there's like a sort of, you know, Felicity's seen a little bit of herself from the yep. previous year in her. And then 
I mean, Amy Smart is just such a compelling actress. Like, that's my biggest problem, honestly, with Noel kissing Felicity in this episode is because he's dating Ruby. You know? By the like, way, his, by the way, his he, name when he comes back is Leon. You know, yes, Leon, obviously. Of course, Leon. How could I forget, Leon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, but but I agree with you, Meredith. I think that there's something I, when you're writing on a on a show and they bring on guest actors and they bring on sort of love interests who have arcs, whatever the case might be. You always hope that it works because it's just great when it works. <laughs> it's just you're like, great, one less thing I don't have to worry <laughs> about, and. Sometimes those turn into series regulars. Sometimes those turn into characters that are that work so well that you're just like, we got to keep this person on, and you want to lock them down. Um, I my assumption is I'm sure she was great on set. I'm sure she was lovely. Um, my guess is feature work and what and the show being what the show was at the time, which was a big hit show. They're like, fuck it, we'll find somebody else. We'll figure it out. I'm not worried about Noel finding another love interest. They should have been. Because yeah. as we've seen through the rest of the show, especially through season three, where you're just like, Noel doesn't, he's just not part of the show anymore. He's this weird thing off to the side. And if you had Ruby, if she did stick around, if she became a series regular, she pulls him into uh-huh. everything. And you can still have him, you know, you still have all the shit with Felicity and him. Like, that's fine. But it's just they never grounded him in a relationship that you were rooting for. And honestly, and that's, that's, a bummer. that's true of the main love triangle. When Felicity dates someone else, we're not interested. When Ben dates someone yeah. else, it's Maggie. Like, Noel's the only yes. one of the triangle who dated someone else that we cared about, you know? Yeah, so true. So true. I'm... So this is this is I'm I'm going to defend Maggie for a second here. Oh, I know this really? is crazy. Wow, bring defend, it <laughs> just a little bit. Which is that first of all, I love Terry Polo. She can do yeah, no wrong. She's as far great. As I'm concerned. Um, she's great. I in this episode in particular, it was sort of the moment when when she basically throws it in her husband's face and she's like, "I want to introduce you to the guy that I'm fucking." Like that's great, and I'm like, I respect it. I was like, it was a great, like, holy shit moment. I do, but it made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> that's great TV. I mean, I think that's great in terms of her empowering herself and her marriage, but she really throws Ben under the bus with that. Oh, oh, sure, sure, it's sure. so horrible for him, and he's at work, you know? Like, that's, it's terrible. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Maggie doesn't respect Ben one iota. Yeah, I'm no. not suggesting no, no, no. that she does. Like, I'm not, that's not up for debate. He's hot. <laughs> And he's young, and she's like, this is great. What I kind of wanted to defend about the Maggie storyline with this kind of whole Ben-Maggie thing is it's messy, and it shows Ben right from wrong. It forces Ben to have sort of a moral dilemma that I appreciated. Um, Maggie's hot and cold (laughs) like I've never seen a character before. Like, it's crazy how she'll go from being like, I want to spend the rest of my life with you, basically, to get the fuck away from me. Who are you? I don't really know you. Like, it's it's crazy. But I, but I really just kind of found myself in this particular episode really feeling for Maggie. Like, her husband's a real piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. And this was the first episode, aside from the fact that, like, the gymnastics that are necessary for this to take place at Dean and DeLuca is just I know, right? I met... And then Sean and uh, Julie are a part of it too. It's like, sure, I'll bring my roommates. They've never catered before. (laughs) 
it's absurd. Um, like it's it's just it, this episode really like the contrivances were high for the best drama that they could get. And if we're being honest, I think all of us would agree. Totally worth it. Like yeah, I don't I give hundred percent, hundred percent. I didn't mind. Which just goes to show, right? Like if if it's working, who cares? Yeah. So um, I don't know. Yeah, please. And I I do think you're right that it being the sort of moral crux for Ben is interesting um, because it also, in retrospect, probably made Felicity a more appealing option to him. He's He's got this, you know, this woman with so much integrity who has only ever treated him with respect. And then he's got <laughs> Maggie who makes him feel like luggage, you know. Um, so I think that definitely works. And and if it weren't Terry Polo, I would have zero yeah. patience for that storyline. But you're right. She is really great in it. Um, and then also I sort of only like it be- yeah. for the way that plot line ends with the three of them in the loft. And it really solidifies that friendship among the three mm-hmm. of them um, because they're sort of teasing Ben and they're like having their little tofurkey dinner together. And it, it sort of shows him that they're – not going to judge him for doing something stupid and immoral that, you know, that his friends are going to stick it out with him. And I, I think that's probably really important for Ben because he's been such a loner up until now. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I, I, I think that it's, um, it does what it needs to do. Like, I think that this is the difference ultimately. I, and I don't know if this is the only, it's certainly not the only difference, but I think it's a major difference between broadcast and cable slash streaming, which is that, um, in broadcast, your storylines are utilitarian. Like they have to serve a purpose. And usually it's a plot device of some sort of some sort. It needs to get you from A to B to C. Um, whereas in cable streaming, you find you'll have scenes where you honestly don't quite know what the point of them are. I put that in quotation marks, but when ultimately it speaks to a broader thematic idea or a broader character dynamic, it has much more to do with sort of intellectual ideas than it does with, oh shit, we need them all in a room because we need this to happen. And this is an episode where that's made abundantly clear to me and yet I'm totally fine with it. Like I think it's silly, you know, the the, the, the TV writer in me watches this and goes like, wait, so why is it happening at Dean and DeLuca? <laughs> is it because you just need it to? And you're like, yeah, it just has to, ha- it has to happen there. And you're like, okay, so it happens at Dean and DeLuca. And that's fine. Like, it's just, it, and that's just what it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I want to kind of, this is the beginning, or well, not the beginning, it was a couple episodes earlier, of the of the Sean and Julie Ugh. thing. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, it's not great. I'm not going <laughs> to... I, I can't. I can't defend it. Yeah, it it's makes me sad for both of them. <laughs> it's a bit of a blind alley, too. Like yeah. it's a little bit of a let's see if this works. So oh, this doesn't work. We should just pull the ripcord and get the fuck out of this. Totally. Um, which, which I mean, is interesting because later they probably never expected that Sean and Megan would be the the elements that work together, and which, then and they're great, and it works so well. So I, yeah. I I get that you kind of have to throw stuff at the wall until you see you know, where the, the chemistry is and what the audience totally. is responding to. And I feel bad for Julie because, you know, I just, I don't think the writers ever really serve her character other than um, that, that great, you know, two episode part in, in season one with the sexual assault, which I think is yeah. beautifully handled. Um, I feel like they never really fully knew what to do with her after that. And then, no. 
her, her departure is so abrupt and well, so I, I did have an interview with Amy Jo Johnson yeah. um, and we talked obviously about the show and about her character. I, I didn't know that it was her choice to leave the show. Oh. Um, she was having her, her mother was very sick and then her mother ultimately passed away. Um, mm. And the, and, it was the whole show was just too much for her. I think that she ultimately just, I mean, she's not in season two very much. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're basically kind of phasing her out a little bit. I think that has a lot to do with her mother's illness and her not being allowed to be there as much as she needed to be. And then the abruptness of her, she leaves, I think what, two episodes into season three or something yeah, like that. Just it's out of nowhere. On. It feels like it, 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 it's so I, I think that the show was just tough for her. I think that that in concert with the fact that um, the show is called Felicity, right? So you're going to be a a supporting player. Um, But if your storylines don't kiss up against Felicity's, then you're kind of just in no man's land. And there wasn't always the most nuanced ways to get her in there. And I think also the Ben Julie stuff in season one is gets to a really weird point about halfway through where you're unclear yeah. if they're even dating anymore. Mm-hmm. They're sort yeah. of roommates. It's a little weird. Yeah. So it's, it's all kind of, um, it's tricky. And I think that they, they never, to your point, they never fully get a real grasp of Julie's character. Um, and that mixed with what Amy Joe was, was dealing with personally, I think created the situation that we're talking about here. But that's interesting because I think the other best storyline that they wrote for Julie was the stuff with, with her mom, with her, her biological mom um, and her sort of seeking that out. Um, I, I don't think it's mm-hmm. like one of the best storylines. Bradley Felicity. Whitford. Yeah. And Bradley Wofford. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a really, it's one of the more interesting things that they wrote for Julie and she does a really good job with it. Um, so that was, you know, I mean, I, I that was a, a Julie storyline that I was invested in, but so much of it. And then just the antagonism between her and Felicity at the beginning of season two. I don't know. It was rough for me. Like, how do you feel about that, Sarah? I mean, I think that like, it was, you know, at least at that point, it was rare to see a female friendship breakup. Like, you know, you would see conflict, of course, but this was like a, it was a breakup. It was horrible. And like, I, I don't think I'd seen that on TV really. Um, or in, or in movies. And it, you know, so I, it was hard to watch and I like, but you, but they did it. I will say they did a good job. Of, like you felt bad for Julie. You're like, yeah, Felicity, like you stole Ben. Like I get Julie's point, but also like Julie's annoying. So <laughs> I don't and, know. The, and the depths is such a great episode for that reason, because yeah. they have the sort of trial on the, on the yeah. subway. And you really, as an audience member, you buy into both, arguments you know well, and i love and i love everybody on the subway being like just get over it like everyone's <laughs> just like us they're like please both of you are just like whiny white ladies like stop yeah. like and and so there is i mean there's some really great stuff with julie which makes me sad that that i don't feel like they can really sustain it but um you gave a yeah, little I mean, context I, for I, that i think that you know <sighs> Yeah, it, it's a little bit of a perfect storm, it felt like, in terms of how, you know, Amy Joe's life and the character and, and what they ultimately wanted to do with it. And, you know, something that becomes very clear. So J.J. <laughs> Abrams writes shows in a very specific way, and the people that worked for him that have created shows since 
um, like Kurtzman and Orsi, who I worked with on Sleepy Hollow, also very similarly have a situation like that, which is um, write a great episode now, figure it out later. <laughs> right. And what what that does is it can lead to tremendous episodes of television and even perhaps great seasons of television. Um, but if you don't know where you're going, you can sometimes feel these herky-jerky kind of hairpin turns that happen within his shows. Um, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast with him. And I think that uh, Julie is a very prime example of that, of a character that couldn't really – they couldn't seem to plug her into the places they wanted to, and they weren't really sure what was going on. So they were just like, okay, let's just let's just put her over here for now, and we'll just put a pin in her. And she kind of just never really becomes a thing. Um, I think that had her and Sean had chemistry, if that storyline had clicked, who knows? But it is what it is. Totally, because um, the sort of herky-jerkiness yeah, of it leads to to Sean and Megan, which no one in a million years would have thought of, but is that sort of spontaneous thing. And then, you know, it worked. So it's too bad that it, that couldn't happen for Julie, but I, I can never regret Sean and Megan as a, as a storyline. because Yeah, and also, like, yes, absolutely. Uh, I also am sad that we never got the, like, breakaway hit with Megan and Barbara Porter being besties. <laughs> which, I know. They're I so good together. They're like, just so good yeah. together. Like, they could have had their own show. I love that. I, I would watch would that spin the hell out of it. Would yeah. totally have watched that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's really, I, I'll say this, you know, Felicity, as I'm sure you guys are aware, it's got a deep bench. It's got a great cast of characters. Um, you know, they, they they know how to play all of this stuff incredibly well. And, and and you know, I, I, I appreciate that about the show. Um, you know, I, I think that they do a really good job of making sure that everyone feels fed as is the case when you have these big casts that everyone has something to chew on from day to day. So that's, that stuff's great. Um, so this episode essentially ends as we, as we mentioned, they break up, shit hits the fan, dad and, and Felicity and mom are walking down the street. They have a very chill, great conversation where they, you know, they don't press their daughter on anything. They don't say like you failed and this is a big failure. They're, they're just like, we get it and you'll figure it out and it's going to be fine. And, um, you know, there's a really great line earlier in the episode when they're at Epstein bar where Felicity says to them, there are a lot of things about me you don't know. And what I love is that the end of this episode is about the parents being fine with that. You know, mm, that, that yeah. they get in that cab and they're like, we're going to see you soon and it'll be fine. And, you know, I, there's a little bit of shoehorning of the mom being like, what's going to happen with you and Noel? She's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, all right, whatever. Like, I, I mean, that, that, that was a little bit whatever. But, Zip. but, but I, <laughs> yeah, nothing. But it's, <laughs> it is, um, it's a very nice ending to the episode. They don't make them villains. Yeah. The last shot of Felicity in the snow is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, that slow-mo shot of the snow coming down really wanted a Sally voiceover. Um, oh, like yeah. there's just times where you're begging for it mm-hmm. and there's, it's a bummer that they drop it. I know. I yeah. hate that. Um, it really is it a is. bummer. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. And I'm, I, I'm hoping to someday find out what the answer is. My guess is Janine Garofalo. <laughs> That's my yeah, guess. She got is busy. that like just access and availability to Janine became difficult. So they just kind of were like, I guess we have to drop this device. And when you have a voice that distinct, you can't have anyone like pitch up for Janine Garofalo. <laughs> like yeah. nobody no. sounds like her. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I do think that it's also possible that, um, they felt they outgrew it a little bit too. Like I think that, and I, I love it 
I really love it. Um, but it does weirdly feel like an episode, a season one device. Like that season one is so um, earnest and autumnal and warm and inviting. And you're just like, everything's great. And Felicity's in silhouette and a dictaphone. Like it all just feels of a piece. And then when they kind of blow the show up at the top of season two, when Sally does come in periodically, it does feel a little jarring. That's true. And I think it, it, it fits with everything else we've said about season two here, where it's a little bit about Felicity finding herself, experimenting, branching out on her own. She breaks yep. away from her parents a little. And totally. so I think it makes sense that she would also get a little distance from her, you know, adult tutor at that point. But totally. it also totally. bums me out. So. Yeah, it, it does bum me out because it's like a, you know, it's a very feminine device. And I think that it's yeah. a shame, you know, for whatever reason that they had to stop. I mean, I, I get it. Like it, it is a little childish, but it also like, you know, you don't see stories where boys are writing in their diary. Right. You know, and like that was Felicity's diary. So I, I did miss that. I just, it felt very, like you said, uh, the earnestness I missed um, yeah. moving forward. I, I, I agree. And I, I think that, this show is one of those shows where you really do feel that each season was its own animal, that it had its own feeling, yeah. mm-hmm. that it that it was that it was attempting a new thing, um, which I really appreciated about it. Uh, so I, 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 it does feel a little bit like they were like, well, she's growing up and she's moving past this stuff, and she needs to sort of let go of old things, um, even if JJ doesn't let go of them in uh, Rise of Skywalker. That being said. <laughs> Um, I, I do think that, um, it's, it's interesting to see how this season has evolved. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching, you know, the remaining episodes of the show, but I'd be remiss. I have you guys here and I got to ask you about how you feel about the way that the show ends. Uh, I'll let Sarah go first. (laughs) She's literally Um, tenting her fingers in enthusiasm. (laughs) I love it. I do. I love it. I love, I love that it's weird. I love that it's, it's inexplicable. Um, I, I, you know, yes, it's fan service a little bit to be like team. null. what would have happened if she had chosen? null? I get it. But I, I don't know. I, I love I don't know. I love that it just didn't give a fuck about reality. And it was like, well, <laughs> and I, and I think that like, this was obviously the first time we're seeing JJ Abrams be like, what's in the box? Like no rules, whatever. But to me, it played out so well. Um, I don't know. I didn't care. I was just like, I love it. I love having a sense of closure. And we, you know, we don't know obviously where Felicity ended up and what happened with her and Ben, but I thought it was great and I thought it was just I'm glad it like kind of reached um for me. I thought that was cool. So I'm I'm a fan of of the the time travel. I thought it was cool. I really like it too. I think the Twilight Zone episode that you mentioned Phil lays the groundwork a little bit because yeah. it's the first time that the series deviates from just really straightforward narrative and it allows it kind of like puts a crack in there where, where all of a sudden some weirdness can, can get in. And, and it shows that, that this 
world isn't entirely grounded in reality as you and I know it. And I think, I, I don't know how the episode was received at the time, the box, do you guys know? Not well, not well. Okay, that's too bad. Because it's it's so great, I love it. And And then I don't know how I would have received the time travel if Sarah hadn't warned me about it, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how I would have felt if I'd watched it live, having no idea what was coming. I can't promise that I would have enjoyed it as much as I did, but Sarah kind of set me up for it. She was like, it's about to get really weird. So just get a strap in, you know? Um, I do think, you know, yeah, it's fan service, but it's to do fan service of this is what it would look like with either guy in such a weird, courageous way. It's, makes yeah. It, it makes fan service much more palatable to me than the sort of, you know, just spelling everything out in a really boring, tedious, you know, straightforward motion. I, I enjoy the way they did it. And then um, I wish I'd, I'd gone back and reread our recaps before this, but there's the thing with all the, like, the sort of totems that are hung on the tree and the, mm-hmm. and just remember that being really powerful. And it's beautiful. beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. callback. It's a gorgeous callback. Yeah. I it mean, is. it's such a lovely way to, to, pull together the whole show and is it true am i remembering correctly that like the show had been canceled and then came back for a few episodes so essentially what happened was um so basically what happened was it was picked up for 15 16 episodes something like that and they wrote a finale they shot a finale that scott foley actually directed oh cool hmm. it's the one where sean gives the speech yeah and yeah, it just great. felt like the show's over um, and then the CW, not CW, haha, the WB at the time was like, wait a sec, this show is working for us. And something had just premiered and just absolutely was DOA. Uh, okay. And they, they needed something desperately to fill, I think it was four weeks, if I'm not mistaken, something to that effect. Hmm. So they went to Felicity and said, hey, can you give us four more episodes? That's got to be so, kind of unprecedented, right? Like that does not seem conventional. It's certainly, yes. I mean, I, I haven't seen that happen before. Certainly not. Yeah, I mean it's pretty crazy, especially after you've shot it. Like, yeah. so I don't, I don't completely understand how the, the the logistics of the situation transpired. But to their credit, and this is, I agree with you guys that they clearly sort of approached it like an epilogue and was like, let's just do this kind of fan fantasy sort of thing, um, but also finding a way to do it within the universe of their show. Yeah. In the second, in the penultimate episode of season one, you have the force, which is the episode where Megan puts oh, the right, spell on right. everybody. Yes, that's great. Which, and which they, yes, that's that precedent. Exactly. Totally. So they've, they've, they've laid the groundwork for the fact mm-hmm. that, that the supernatural can maybe sort of exist within this universe. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is the episode about the phantom one, Phantom oh, One right. uh, waiting in line, so like there's a whole bunch of fate going on. There's with so much Star Wars and like so much a lot going there. On. We so, haven't even talked about Richard, by the way. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, but 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 all that being said, I remember watching it and thinking this is weird. I don't remember it particularly well because this is 2002 or 2003 at this point. I'm basically done college. I'm kind of watching the show like one eye on the show and one eye on a bunch of other things. Like I'm just not giving it my full attention. So when that happens, they're just like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and I have not watched it since. So I'm looking forward to watching it again through new eyes in sequence to feel how it all kind of plays out. Um, but but from 30,000 feet, I do look at it and say like, listen, these writers came up with a clever grounded, emotionally resonant way to wrap up this show with a gun to their head when they had no intentions of having to do these episodes in the first place. Yeah, and like as an audience, we didn't know that, right? Like I didn't, 
I didn't know. Like, so, (laughs) so you, like when you, when I watched it, I just was like, well, this is how the show ends. And I thought it was, I thought it was wonderful. Like, you know, of course. Yeah. In hindsight, you're like, well, this happened and then they filmed this, but like, I, I just remember like, I was like bawling in the last episode. I thought it was it's really emotional. It's and then so beautiful. And then when and the, then, when the DVDs came out, they had the bonus footage, um, mm-hmm. of filming the last episode where Sean, where, uh, sorry, I forget his name, but the actor Greg. Sean, Greg, Greg is Greg. giving the toast and like, mm-hmm. I just lost it. Like I, yeah, it was incredible. it's, I mean, it's, I'll say this. Um, I remember when I saw the tree part of it and thought, mm, I didn't love the tree at the time. Now, I might watch the tree now and say to myself, I think you're going to like it. And <laughs> I, I, I want to just say too. one quick thing about sort of like, I might, I might. I'll, I'll just say you this. Will. Ending a television show, I, I can't imagine how difficult that is to do, right? I mean, you have people that have invested perhaps even hundreds of hours of, the, of their lives into these characters. And they're desperate to see something that is not just satisfying, but also needs to give the impression that these people's lives go on after this, mm-hmm. um, unless you're six feet under. Um, <laughs> just, you know, that, that you have this, that their, their journey isn't over, but it is, because you're not going to get to see any more of them, but the journey keeps going. And th- to, to do that is incredibly difficult and, and just very hard to do. And generally speaking, broadcast shows would often find some sort of a device that allowed them to take a trip down memory lane to be able to give you these little things to be like, remember all these wonderful things that have happened over the last four years, which is totally fair and totally genuine. At the time, it felt a little bit contrived for me. I might like it now. I don't know. Well, but, I think you know. I think you might like it because it is so crazy. Like it's not just like like memory lane. It's like here's a fucking spell that right. brings Felicity back in time. Like I don't know. It's not, I, it's, it's there's not. nothing I, I, schmaltzy. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I agree with that. and then you know, knowing now that it was supposed to end in the episode with with Sean's speech makes a lot of sense. But I do think that 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 final scene of them all at the wedding is just mm-hmm. you know just perfect. Like it's just, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's great stuff. It, it, and it calls back to that season one earnestness. It feels of a piece like with everything. Cause like you said, every season is a little bit different. Those last few episodes bring in all of those different tones, but that, that last scene is pure season one, just heart, you know, it's, it's really beautiful. And I was, I'm looking I was very so forward to, to watching it again. And, and I'm, uh, Lawrence Trilling is going to come back on to talk about directing it. So we'll talk about cool. sort of how the, That's great. all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm looking very forward to it, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's been really fun exploring the show again and going through all these episodes again. And I, I can't thank you guys enough for coming on. I really thank appreciate you. it. I realize thank you. We, before we go, we have not said one word about Javier, which is a huge mistake. Or Elena. <laughs> or Elena. Or Elena. <laughs> Enormous oversight, um, but I do want to quickly say that my favorite, my honestly favorite moment of family affairs is when Javier meets Barbara, and he just like bursts into tears and, and hugs yeah. her. <laughs> I, I was, I have it in my notes. The reason <laughs> Javier is one of those characters that I feel as though every time we talk about him, it's a tricky character. It is tricky, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I agree. So it's it's a little bit of like I love him, and I love I, I love what Ian Gomez brings to it. Like it's just it's pure love for the character so there's no 
I don't think they're making fun of this character at all. No. That being not. said, it's a fine, fine line. So fine. And thank God it is Ian Gomez because he yes. has so yes. much like, you know, yes. just warmth and, and wisdom about him. But yeah, that one scene. Barbara, it's, it's tremendous. It's, it's tremendous. so good. Well, it's and just, when he was like, why do I look like when he's talking to Ben, he's like, why, why do I like you? And Ben's like, I don't know. And he's like, no, I'm asking. <laughs> Yeah, any Ben and Javier scene. Ben and Javier. Yeah. But like, yeah, and I, I do want to say, like, I, Elena is such an undersung Felicity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think they're right. Towards the end, I think the writers kind of gave up on her. But I, yeah, like, Meredith and I, to this day, talk about her, like, all the time, especially her assassin's <laughs> passion. So great. And her, yeah. her steady method with the M&M's. With the M&M's. <laughs> M&M's. I mean, yes. I, I really do. I mean, I agree with you 100%. And, and I, I think that Elena never fully clicks. Yeah. I, I think that um, she's written very coolly. Like there's a distance that yeah. she has mm-hmm. between, between the characters. Um, I actually think she really comes into her own when she moves in with Noel. Because yeah, their dynamic. That is such really a good too. unexpected combo. That combo really plays well for both of them mm-hmm. and gives them both a lot of uh, a lot of really great stuff to play with. And then ultimately, when they bring in, oh my god, why am I forgetting the, the Tracy? Name? Tracy, Tracy, yes. I love Tracy. Um, once they bring him in, that brings a lot of life into her character as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that 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 Tangie Miller does a really great job with what she's given. I think that you know, unfortunately, not always given the best stuff. Um, but they did they do a really good job with her and and. Other than killing her. <laughs> right. But then bring her back. Then bring oh. her back. Right. Thank God. She, she's, then, in the, she's in the wedding. They bring her back. They, the time travel saves she, her. She's in. Yes. Okay. So actually they talked about this at the, at the um, panel and I'm, I'm remembering it fuzzily, but they bring there her was back. A del- there was a, del- she's definitely back and she's at, she's in that wedding scene. And everyone who watched it the first time was like, wait, how is Elena here? And apparently there was a deleted scene that explains that with the time travel, there was like a decision made. Felicity, they- Felicity went to her wow. and she was like, right. Like, she was like, this is crazy, but like, don't do this. And like, don't get in her. this car at this time. Yeah. Or whatever. And, and oh. Elena comes back and I just, but they cut that scene. So it makes no sense that she's yeah, in the wedding, but. But I'm glad she's back. And also, just one more that thing. Is such a crazy scene to cut. Right? That is, it doesn't that's make sense. Logic. But it's anyway, vital. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. But I also just want to say that Meredith and I both love Richard, and we, <laughs> we free free pizza Fridays. Like <laughs> we both have free pizza Friday. It's masks. a lifestyle for us. Wow. Um, wow. I fucking love Richard. Okay. Yes, we're we're very team Richard over here. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's Richard. fantastic. I'm he's trying so to get him on. We'll see. If oh, that happens. please do. He's so funny. Um, yeah, he, yeah. I, I, it's it's yeah. I mean, listen, the show was was stacked with people mm-hmm. um, that were incredibly talented and were able to infuse. I mean, I believe, and again, this is just me just talking into my ass because I don't have any any confirmation of this, but so much of Ian Gomez's dialogue feels improvised. Yeah, it does um, feel that way. There, there's so. an energy and a crackle and a weirdness to the way that it's received <laughs> by the other actors. It's true. They always seem a little think, alarmed. Like, they're, like, <laughs> they're always just like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> so true. Especially Scott Speedman. And it's played to comedic effect because he always seems, let's be honest, a little bit befuddled because you know, <laughs> he's sorry. not the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> I but love you, but ben. I do think but I do think that um there's a lot of that where like Ian throws something and just kind of, they just kind of run with it or whatever they leave it in. So, and I 
feel that energy with Richard a little bit too, and the way yeah. that he plays with with Noel um, or with Scott Foley. So, like, yeah, it, it's it's really interesting watching the show again, which has been you know a real lifesaver considering the dumpster fire that we live in right now. <laughs> and it's just a very comforting show. It's a very um, it's just a nice watch, but it's also interesting to see how. I don't know if you've watched Little Voice. I haven't. <laughs> uh, the Apple show that JJ produced with Sarah Bareilles. Um, but it's clear to me that in theory, there were there was an element of felicity that was supposed to sort of exist in this thing. Oh, that's nice. Um, and, and I don't know that it works as well. I would actually say it doesn't. But I do think that I'd love to see JJ do another show like this. He did other shows like this that people don't really talk about because they didn't really do very well. Your What About Brian's and Your mm-hmm. Six Degrees. Like He tried to do shows that were grounded in character work as opposed to some crazy hooky concept. Um, but it would just be really nice to see you know, I you know, I would love to see Matt Reeves do something like this too. Me like too. it would be nice to see yeah. these guys yeah. put their genre toys in a box for five minutes and just be like, we're gonna do a show that's just pure character. Yes. Um, but you know, we'll see if that ever happens. I totally Amen agree. Because to I think I think they both really shine with these small stories and, and felicity, even when it gets really weird in genre at the end, it's still always very, very founded on that you know, that character work and, and that, absolutely you know, that sort of really heartfelt storytelling. And uh, I just love it. I think you, and I still think you can, I mean, I, I've, I'll say this and, you know, this, this ties into, uh, into forever young adult, because I do think that, you know, I've had several conversations with people either on mic or off. I had a conversation, a longer conversation with, uh, Alison Akel from Shondaland, um, during our episode together, where we talked about how, it does feel like one of the positives to come out of this streaming universe that we live in right now is that there's a lot of YA and a lot of young stuff because they feel as though that demo watches streaming before they're going to watch broadcast, watch right. it on their television. Yeah. So I, I think that what's interesting is that it does feel a little bit like we've come full circle. You know, I was watching Normal People a couple months ago, and Normal People in its own way does feel a little felicity esque totally a lot of totally. Pre- a lot of pregnant pauses mm-hmm. a lot of sort of like it's a it's a love story um it's got a lot of needle drops like it's doing a lot of things that felicity does obviously differently but i won't be surprised to see more things like that taking shape and i'm hopeful that it happens because it does feel as though young audiences need shows it's not just aimed at them i mean like i've started watching Good Trouble. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys watch that, the, mm-hmm. the Freeform show, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. I think that we need more shows about that period in your life now more than ever because I think that this country is grappling with a lot of things right now. And I think that all of that stuff is when that in – in those years of your life, that's when you are formulating the type of person you want to be, how you want to give back, how you want to be a better person. And I think we need more shows like this where people are doing just that. I completely agree. That's so beautifully said. Great note to end on, sir. (laughs) So there you go. But thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us, Phil. This was was such a blast. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Free Pizza Friday. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> We're going to be doing more of these down the road. Um, you know, we we we've got Dawson's Creek and Buffy and any Ooh. number of other shows. Oh, that are down we the have road. been doing a Buffy rewatch, so we are ready for you. And so Dawson's will, Creek is my favorite show of all time. Yeah, really? Right. Okay. <laughs> um, well, 
we'll have you guys back to talk about, about those as well. And and uh, and thank you again. Thank Wonderful. you for having Thanks us. so much. This is great. such a blast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.